We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number 17 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner, and I am the mother of a three-year-old who hasn't been quite as exasperating, which you can probably tell from my voice. No more complaining <laughs> about the shape of her plates. <laughs> no, not not this week, anyhow. Um, I'm joined by fellow mom, Linda Brenneman. Hi. Uh, what should I say? I <laughs> what always can for- you even I say about I always forget like to come up with something I want to say about you that is clever until we get down here, and then I can't think of anything. <laughs> so lovely and talented Simone de Rochefort. And we are joined once again by our resident Minecraft dad, Curtis Riedenberg. Hello. Glad to be here. So, um, so yeah, so Anna, it's not so bad lately. We went to the <laughs> zoo yesterday with no stroller, and we were there for three and a half hours, and it was fine. Nice. It was like my Did you experiment. tell her that? Did you say, Anna, you're not so bad lately? <laughs> <laughs> she got cotton candy oh. as, as an award. She was asking about cotton candy the whole time we were there, because one time we went to the zoo a while ago, I got her cotton candy. So it's like nice. ingrained into her consciousness. Zoo equals cotton candy. Tradition. Um, I would be good for cotton candy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Darn funny. good stuff. Like she kept stuff. saying she wanted to ride the merry-go-round too. And I'm like, okay, you get one or the other, merry-go-round or cotton candy. Cotton candy one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, that's, good. that's not a very good combination. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sticky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's I why it was one or the other. Last <laughs> um, yeah, so that was cool. So knowing I don't need a stroller for her for like three and a half hours is – it's very free. That is yeah. really nice because yeah. the strollers, man, I don't know. I remember pushing a stroller. And nowadays, sometimes I get mad at the stroller moms because they have these strollers that are like Cadillacs and they block <laughs> everything. Yeah. And they like, you know. They're crazy. Like they're some crazy of the like um, strollers that are made for joggers, like they have like yeah. bike tires on the front of them Dang. so you can run real fast with them. I never used <laughs> those strollers. Yeah. And even the stroller I, I have now isn't very bulky, but it's still kind of a pain in the neck to haul it around and put her into it. And then she wants to get out, and then she yeah. wants to get back in. And Yeah, yeah. that's good. So I'm very yeah. happy about that, I which is very, why I'm in a better mood. <laughs> I was very happy when we gave those away. <laughs> yeah. We found them a good home. You didn't just yes. pile them up and burn them in the backyard? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they were, good like, they were like $800 each. No oh, way. my God. So yeah, it depends on the kind you get. They can be pretty expensive. Ah. The first one I got was like it, the car seat would snap in and out of it. So it was Ooh. really, uh, it's like multifunctional. Fancy. But yeah, that one was kind of expensive. Yeah. I don't remember how yeah. much it cost. Someone got it for us for oh, a baby nice. shower. So that was nice. I want to <laughs> have a baby shower, but for me and just get presents for me. Oh, Simone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I think everybody mom. would know what to get you. You know, it's we, true. everybody should just come with a bottle of wine and you'd be happy. <laughs> oh. Bottle of wine oh. in a video game. Yeah, she's, there you go. That's, that's the making of a party cheese. right there. Yes, yeah, cheddar cheese, exactly. <laughs> cheese and wine go great together. I love that. <laughs> some cheese flavored chili, right? And some oh, exactly. Bagels. Yeah. Right. All right. Only my brand, though. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's get started. Yeah, let's do that before I go into a Safeway um, rant. So news here. New Amiibos are coming. Go figure. Yay. Simone, tell us about the here new Amiibos. Here we thought they were never going to release another Amiibo again. <laughs> no, uh, that was always on the table. They're releasing a bunch of new Amiibo on September 11th. So they're doing Zero Suit Samus, Dr. Mario, Ganondorf, Bowser Jr., and Olimar from... Olimar looks adorable, yeah, by the oh way. Yeah, oh my god, he's so cute. Olimar's from the Pikmin games, and he's this little astronaut dude with a helmet, and this little Pikmin accompanying him. Yes. And there will also be two of the... Or, okay, there's one coming out in September that's the 8-bit Mario. Mario um, classic color, and that goes. That's that's coming along with the release of Super Mario Maker, which is basically a, a level building game with Mario and Nintendo assets, and that looks really cool. It looks it won a best uh, social slash family game at E3. And it's, I think it's going to be a really interesting way to get people, you know, building games and thinking together on the couch. So excited for that. Um, and then they're releasing another 8-bit Mario figure with the modern color. Later, we don't know when it's happening. So what's the difference the between the modern color and the classic one? Because uh, he's red in both. Is it red and blue hair, and red and brown or something? His hair is kind of more 
light brown in the okay. classic color. I I yeah. did not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But That's people okay. get crazy for color variants when it comes to these figures. So yeah. I assume both will be super popular. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's my exciting Amiibo news. <laughs> I mean, it almost seems like they're taking over the world. Basically. Like so much of that. But, um, yeah. but there was also another interview with the um, Nintendo of America president. Reggie. Reggie Fizeme. Fizeme. I know how to pronounce that now on cue, Fizeme. thanks to Simone. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we all learned a lot this year. <laughs> but he had to do an interview um, with Polygon, I think it was, just saying, we're still into games. It's not just Amiibo. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, we're, hmm. we're going to keep working on the games, and we're working yeah. hard on the games. And, and Yeah, that was a really interesting story. Yeah. And, and like, they're trying to... Um, Make the functionality better yeah. for the Amiibos. That's yeah. the one thing I really want to see more from Amiibo is just more interesting ways to play with them. Like right. we talked about yeah. what LEGO Dimensions is doing um, where they're going to have basically the portal, the NFC reader that you put the figures on. You will have to interact with it constantly because you'll have to be moving figures around it and adding vehicles and weapons to it. And even Skylanders does some more interaction between toy and player like in Trap Team where you actually have to place traps on your NFC reader and swap out different ones to have different effects. I would love to see the Amiibo have more interactivity other than just, like, tap this to unlock a new costume. And in the case of, you know, Mario Party, tap this to roll the dice. Like, it seems like such a surface-level interactivity so far, at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. so I, I do think that they will hopefully go farther with that. They have so many Amiibo. It, like, it's not affecting the sales of the Amiibo at all. They're still super popular no matter yeah. what their functionality is. But, you know. Yeah. I yeah. think those are going to Nintendo collectors, too, that maybe don't even have a Wii U. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, those... <laughs> like, those the guy who bought all the Rosalinas yeah, so that no one else could the buy them. The Wolin Yoshis that are coming out? Oh, my so gosh. So cute. I know. I'll probably get one, and oh, I don't yeah. have a Wii U. <laughs> Will you get one? Will we be able to get one? Yeah, them, I know. Is the That's the, that is the question. Yeah. <sighs> I think those are going to be uh, yeah. a, a hard one to, to grab. I want Wooly Yoshi's so badly. <laughs> I know I do, too. Curtis, are your, are your kids into the Toys to Life figurines yet no, at all? No, that isn't hit. <laughs> I'll prepare myself for the tsunami. I should yes. have hidden them when your kids came over to the office. Uh-oh, yeah. Or your kid and his friends. <laughs> Maybe they're, they'll be on their way like, ooh, what's that? No. What's dad for that? Stay away from this, kids. This is dangerous. <laughs> Gateway figurine. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> um, so another news, Sims 4 has a new expansion pack coming out called Get Together, which is kind of a weird name for an expansion pack because that's what <laughs> you do as the Sims is you get them together. That's the oh, whole point yeah, of the game. Oh, yeah, you do. So, but this one <laughs> is called... <laughs> Family friendly. Yes. Although, you know, Sims is rated T. Yeah. You know, and it's... Uh, you know, their term for everything is woohoo. My review um, of The Sims was very family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this new expansion pack introduces a new world called Windenburg, which, and I wrote this down, the quote from EA says it's a charming traditional countryside, a bustling town square, ultra modern business district, and of course, exclusive private island. Of course. So, somebody described it as being like a mini Europe. I think that might have been Keezy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. no surprise cool. there. I mean, yeah. The trailer, I, um, the Sims are, I don't know, kind of weird to me. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the only one, but the trailer made it look like Americans going wild on spring break in Europe, kind of. Yeah, but, all know, the trailers yeah. for The Sims always have them doing crazy wild stuff, yeah. but I don't know anybody that plays the game that way. No. Like, honestly. All you want to do know. is, like, build a nicer house. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I go in there and, like, make myself, and then I make my husband, and we're not, not together out. right away. Like, we have we date and everything and then get married, and, you know. That, that's what I've done, like, every single version Basically. of The Sims. And you're not out night clumbing all the time. No. No, not really. Because your Sims get tired and then they get grumpy. Clubbing oh, is no yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, the only time I strayed away from the creating my friends and family thing was with uh, Supernatural, mm. where I made just an experiment because I'm like, hey, I've never just done this random Sim thing before where I made a fairy who oh, ended up marrying cool. a vampire. Oh, nice. And, uh, it's very a, true blood. <laughs> had a little bit of celebrity, had the paparazzi hanging around outside her house. I feel like I've talked about this before. Um, but, yeah. 
they have they've done basically a party expansion for every version of The Sims up <laughs> till now. Uh, if I'm they've not done wrong. every expansion. Yeah, ever. what can they do that would be new? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, The Sims Three had. 11, I want to say 11 oh. expansions total. And so when The Sims 4 came out, like for me, it was kind of like a step downward because you had all this crazy stuff you could do in The Sims 3, like yeah. fairies and vampires and like the special like island with mermaids and, you know, all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And then The Sims 4, like you're back to... Back to basics. You're back to the basics, yeah. and that's all you can do. I liked it because, I again, I didn't play Sims 3 with 10,000 expansions, but also I really liked the new conversation system that they had. It was a lot more – it had a lot more options, I felt, and it was very – it was too many options at some points, but it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Your kids will probably go through a sim stage at some point, I Curtis. So. Mm-hmm. Mine did. It's mm-hmm. a good stage. It's, it's a good stage. Yeah, it's it's, it's fun. It's a good it lasts outlet. about three days. <laughs> you know, lots of people are like like budding filmmakers make like whole mm-hmm. movies like from within The Sims, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, so very. yeah. Um, so other news: there is going to be a Halo tabletop game. It's called Halo Fleet Battles: The Fall of Reach, and it looks super cool. It is oh, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, it's one of those like you know the miniature type war game things which I am always in awe of the people who bring their box of figures that they have painted, you know, themselves. Entire much armies. detail. Like, yeah, how? it's nuts. How it, many hours? <laughs> yeah. So this is one of those, um, but it's for Halo. And um, mm-hmm. But the cool thing is <laughs> there's a couple cool things. So the company that makes the tabletop game is called Spartan Games, but <laughs> they weren't named in relation to the fact that they wanted to make a Halo game. <laughs> So for those who don't know, Master Chief and all those special soldiers are called Spartans. Um, so, yeah, so I found that really <laughs> funny. Um, and the other thing is they're working very closely with 343, so there's actually going to be some new story and canon in yeah, this game that, that hasn't the, been in other games. That was the most exciting thing about it for me was that, oh, my God, this is going to be a totally canon-compliant and canon, you know, adding things to the Halo canon tabletop game. Yeah. How cool is that? The Halo canon is crazy with all the books and the <laughs> Everything has something right. different yeah. and, and yeah. unique to add. And I've read, like, a few of the books. Um, and, like, you know, I haven't played all of the games. <laughs> I haven't. I'm just, just going to admit I haven't. Isaac knows I haven't, so. Yeah, yeah. And fine. full disclaimer, my husband, Isaac, works for 343, which is a um, studio of Microsoft that makes Halo. So anyhow. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll stop talking about <laughs> Halo now and get to a shooter that I actually have played a ton of um, or will be playing a ton of, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. They uh, release some trailers that show off some of the new characters in them, one of which is a Z7 mech, which is like a Mass Effect <laughs> version of a zombie, um, which is pretty hilarious. And then they also showed off some of the new plant uh, characters, Rose, who is she's basically like a sorceress, yeah. like magic wand type stuff. Colonel Corn, <laughs> which is uh, is kind of like the corn plant from the earlier Plants vs. Zombies, except mm-hmm. for he's walking and he can shoot corn cobs out of his hands. <laughs> um, and then finally Citron, which is like a split up orange who kind of walks like a crab. <laughs> and uh, his special um, ability is the EM Peach. So Citron and Ian Peach are both from Plants vs. Zombies 2 on uh, mobile. So okay. so that's Pretty where those cool. come from. And that's but, the one that you don't like? Oh, Plants the 2 on mobile? Yeah. 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 Anna's, still, Anna's still bugging me. She's uh, like, I, why can't I get this? Why can't I get this plant? I'm like, because it costs money. <laughs> well, wh- why can't we spend the money? Anna. <laughs> No. Because somebody made a bad decision when they were setting up the pay-to-play in that game. Yeah. Um, There was something I was going to say. It completely flew out of my mind. Uh, I love the way Plants vs. Zombies has that sense of humor and all the visual gags and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. So the thing I was going to say, Anna has this app called Toka Store, which I might be featuring in Anna's apps later, where, like, two people can play. Like, you have your... um, your stock, and then the other person could pick out what they want, and then the person who's running the store gets to decide how much it costs, and you have, like, a coin purse that has, like, 10 coins in it. But if you put too much stuff in your bag and you don't have enough money, the coin purse will just wink at you and give you the amount of money that you need. No. And so when Anna was asking her questions about money, I'm like, 
it's not really like the coin purse where we can just <laughs> wink and make all of our money appear. So um, that's your no. version of money doesn't grow, grow on, on trees. trees. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the modern mom. Yeah. Really. Well, it brought her into a realm that she could understand, <laughs> which was Very the app good. that she likes. Um, yeah. So, uh, so our topic today um, is something that. Those of us who work in the industry and are industry uh, adjacent <laughs> probably just roll our eyes at and dismiss mostly, but there mm-hmm. are still lots of concerns out there from parents who don't play games like we do or uh, uh, or their kids play games that might be concerned. That is violence. Violence in video games is still a huge thing all the time. <laughs> Woo! You can tell how tired I am of this topic. <laughs> Um, but like I said, like I've been in the industry, so I'm the eye roller and the, uh, you know, yeah. just sift through the article and maybe, you know, yeah. berate but people. I think it's hard <laughs> at, at this point, especially if you're not familiar with the medium, to get an accurate view of it because there are so many really conflicting rhetorics about it. Yeah. You have that sort of like Fox News rhetoric that's like, this is the disease that's rotting America. And then you have another rhetoric that is as aggressive to kind of counter that. And I think that the those two tones, while I definitely agree with one, uh, it's like it's all or nothing no matter yeah. what side you're looking at. So I, th- I think it is hard for people who don't come from that medium and, or that background to kind of yeah. get a handle on it. Yeah, that's a good point I hadn't thought of. There really is no moderation. Yeah. Moderation is never talked about in this stuff. Yeah, it's either video games are evil or video games are good. There's like no moderation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're talking about the Fox News thing, not specifically Fox News, <laughs> but we have this uh, printed out this article from Mother Jones, which is actually an excellent article. Um, from they had a quote from the NRA where they said guns don't kill people, video games and other stuff kill people. Which is just so. <laughs> are you serious? Like, <clears throat> give me a break. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, the NRA. It's like, and it's like, yeah, that's what that that's the argument that you're putting out there. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So Curtis, as someone who hasn't worked in the industry and who has kids, what kind of concerns do you have about violent video games? Well, you know, <clears throat> it's certainly something I think about. I mean, my kids are a little bit young to be they're not doing a lot of violent stuff right now, but I know it's there. Mm-hmm. And um I guess one of the things I think about is I mean, this is more than just for video games, but even like in the bigger picture, like with movies, mostly mm-hmm. movies, is is for me, um, sometimes violence is part of a story and it's necessary to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, other times the violence is portrayed as really fun. And some mm-hmm. of the fun violence really, really bugs me. Mm-hmm. And the violence, I don't know, some of the, you know, plenty of movies are super violent, but right. it's necessary for the plot. Yeah. And so I, I wonder if that's, an, uh, if that's, you could apply that thinking to video games as well. I mean, it's the, it's the gratuitous fun vi- violence that bugs me. Whether it's in video games or anywhere else in our culture, we're sort of saturated with it. Yeah, and uh, and that 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 kind of gets me a little bit. So um, I know that's something I've been thinking about. But I guess one of my questions is for for specifically for video games is what is the is there a consensus in like brain learning or brain research, brain theory? Does reading or playing uh, violent games or watching violence does it cause violent behavior? I mean, that's a there is not a consensus, question. just as Simone was saying. There <laughs> are tons of studies that say, yes, absolutely it does. And then there are just as many studies that say, no, mm-hmm. absolutely it doesn't. And um, uh, this this article from Mother Jones was talking about the meta studies where the people <clears throat> study the studies <laughs> to <laughs> see what kind of results are coming out of them. And what they found is like in almost all the cases, the studies uh, – they were designed in such a way that the result would come out as what they wanted it mm-hmm. to do. So it's really interesting. I think in a court, a Supreme Court case, uh, I think it was in 2011, but the year is not the important part here. Uh, the Supreme Court decided that there were the they talked about these studies, and there is a correlation between violence in video games or aggression in video games. I shouldn't say not violence, aggression in video games, but there's no direct causal link there. So what it is, and I've talked about this a lot before, is they they did a test where, you know, they had people play violent video games and then they had them give hot sauce to other people. And the people who had played violent video games gave the people more hot sauce or made them drink hot sauce or something. So it's, it's these very abstract things where what they're measuring is not, you know, how, really, how likely are you to 
go out into the world as a violent person and commit a heinous act. It's more like, you know, how are you, how do you feel like immediately after finishing playing a game? And I think they talked about how parents observe their kids being maybe more frustrated or more loud directly after playing a violent game, which is something that I totally understand because I've been playing a lot of Crossy Road. And <laughs> which is so violent. Yeah, so this is a mobile game. It's very oh, very I guess s- actually you could say it is. It, it mean, is somewhat violent. I will it's a, it's a it's a bird, right? That you're moving is it a bird? There are a bunch of different characters. You have this very stylized cartoon character and you're crossing roads by tapping on your phone screen. And but if you, you get hit get by a car, you know, you get flattened in this <laughs> yeah. very cartoonish like pancake style, almost like if yeah. you flattened a piece of Play-Doh. Right. This game is so frustrating. I'll be playing it and I get flattened by a car and I will immediately yell at full volume and just slam my phone down on the couch because it, it's so like, ugh, Yeah, no, no, ugh. I get you. I have a funny yeah. story. Um, and when I was playing uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time, I played that for the first time when the special uh, remake was released for the GameCube. Mm-hmm. And so like I was fighting one of the bosses. I don't remember which one it was. Um most people know in Zelda, I should probably explain that, like, the little gems that you pick up are called rupees, and you have heart meter, which gives you health. So I was playing this boss battle, and, uh, you know, there are little pots. You know, you have to go around and break the pots. Yeah. Another thing is the quick, the cute little dialogue line is like, who, why are my elves breaking all these pots? I think it was from Penny Arcade. <laughs> they did a comic strip about it. But anyhow, so my health meter was down to like half a heart, like, you know, beeping incessantly yes. at me. And I'm running around breaking the pots. And like all I'm getting are the rupees. And so I like <laughs> screamed at the top of my lungs, rupees. My, this is when my husband's computer area was in the living room. We, we have a smaller apartment and he just Busted up laughing. <laughs> he just thinks it's the funniest thing ever. I was just like, but oh. yeah, there's an example. Yeah, yeah. Extreme frustration. The things that I yeah. scream while I'm playing Peggle should never be heard <laughs> by by children, by other adults. It doesn't matter. So speaking to, to your point about like kids playing violent games, what I always, always think is that Okay, so in around that, I think it was the same Supreme Court case, California was trying to put a ban on the sale of violent games to minors, which from a starting point is kind of ridiculous because the ESRB rates every game. And I believe that GameSpot or Game... Game... Yes. Stop. GameStop. Yep. Those letters all together. <laughs> GameSpot is a website. GameStop is a store. GameStop is not allowed to sell M-rated games to minors. Full stop. So California but California was trying to basically make it so that no violent games could be sold to minors. They were trying to define violence in a certain way, which in the end I agreed with because it was like egregious violence, like maiming, torture, things like that. Um, this is the case that went to the Supreme Court. And I think that this is kind of – this whole case is kind of a an interesting example of the way that we America looks at violent games. You have this, this – case of people trying to legislate who games get sold to, which in the end does nothing. It's a label on a consumer product that is going to be bought and going to be consumed by children, regardless of whether or not the children are allowed to purchase it. So ultimately it comes down to like what you as an individual, what your family as an individual family unit discusses and um, decides is acceptable for your family. It's just... It came to it, it became very ridiculous, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, one of the aspects about that Supreme Court yeah. case, too, is that even like this, their definition of violence was too vague. Like, that yeah. was the thing. That was why the Supreme yeah. Court I threw it we, out. Yeah, we talked about, I know we talked about this on the podcast before about Scalia making a comment about <laughs> if shooting Vulcans was okay as opposed yeah. to shooting humans. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where legislation has gotten tripped up. It's yeah. Like, what is violence, you know? Yeah. What is really bad violence? What is okay? You know, mm-hmm. it's a very subjective thing. It's not something that you can legislate. Yeah. yeah. Although that doesn't stop people from trying. <laughs> but, but back put, to your question about whether video game violence causes violence, I think the studies have asked, does video game violence cause aggressive feelings, which are very, which is really very different from, um, if you think about it, does video game violence cause 
people to commit violence because you can have aggressive feelings all the time mm-hmm. in life, right? And whether you act on those things is a completely separate issue. Yeah. So yeah. you can be in traffic and have aggressive feelings <laughs> yeah. about that that person who, you know, turned left in front of you or something. Yeah. Um, and whether you're going to jump out of your car and commit some violent act is, you know, it's just – a completely separate issue. And I think those two things can get conflated a lot by parents who are kind of panicking and worried that a video game may cause their child to um, do some violence. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just so many steps a person has to go through between seeing something in media that is violent or even playing a game that is violent to actually going out in the world and committing a violent act. And... um, there's so many factors involved in that. And um, I think you really have to look at video games as being the same as any other media. Mm-hmm. Um, even books, television, mm-hmm. movies, yeah. anything, yeah. you know. And yeah, that. I think it's a bigger discussion about violence. And yeah. Uh, yeah, picking, up, picking on video games seems silly and unfair. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the flip side of that, I think a lot of people go to video games as a way to release that aggression. I know certainly, I agree. you know, I agree. Oh, yeah. frustrating yeah. day, you go and you let it out in a game instead of, you know, on a person. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people who are gamers who identify as gamers um, talk about blowing off steam with yeah. video games. Yeah. And I do that. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. God yeah. of War. That yeah, was mine. <laughs> I actually wrote down a quote when I was reading that article about the California case. Uh, Scalia actually said something that I agreed with and I had to write it down because I was so shocked that I agreed with Justice Scalia. <laughs> Uh, all literature is essentially interactive, was what he said. And I was like, yeah, wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's so true, true right? You yeah. imagine yourself in the mm-hmm. um, protagonist's shoes in a novel, yeah. Yeah. just as you do in Assassin's Creed or yeah. Yeah. any other game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but people are still trying to legislate this thing, yeah. even though the Supreme Court has turned it down. So, like, I highlighted in this article all the people – so there's a state representative from Missouri, uh, Vice President Biden, uh, uh, national representative from Utah, Governor Chris Christie, everybody knows who he is, and another senator from West Virginia, all still trying to introduce bills mm-hmm. that regulate violence. And yeah. for me, that's like, really? Don't you have something more important to do? Well, like, I mean, honestly? yeah. I, I think it's something that they think is easy to deal with, right? Yeah. That's I mean, the thing. Yeah. It's the rea- it's the knee-jerk reaction to the new media, just like we saw with comic books in the, what was it, 1930s. Uh, even in films with the 1934 Hayes Code that forbid certain kinds of quote-unquote indecent acts, we saw this reaction to media as this corrupting force, as if the media weren't itself created by people who – Maybe using it to express a certain artistic ideal or may just be creating it for the sake of creating it for fun. Ultimately, it comes down to how you are consuming it. And especially in the case of kids, like how you are framing their consumption of it. Uh, Justice Alito, who uh, did not agree with Scalia on that ruling. I can't believe I'm agreeing with Antonine Scalia. He said his quote was the effect of exceptionally violent games on impressionable minors who – spend countless hours immersed in alternate worlds that games create um, is not like it's not is not something that we uh, can trust or not something that's good. Um, but when I read that quote, I'm like, OK, we, when you're talking about impressionable minors who spend countless hours immersed in alternate worlds, like where where are the where is the family in this equation? Where are the parents in this equation? Why are you assuming that these kids are being let loose on the world? And yes. You know. And also, I would say they could spend hours in an alternate world just in their head. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like young kids, they can just imagine oh, yeah. things. They don't have to be playing or watching anything. <laughs> you know, who knows? They're like the king of whatever fighting yeah. the dragons, you know. I mean, yeah. it's – Yeah. But if that's the case, it's okay. <laughs> As you know, slaying dragons is violent. Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I would spend hours playing games. I called them silent games because I didn't talk out loud to myself as a kid. Although I did apparently yammer at my mom in the car and she would bribe me with candy to shut up. But I would just play with, you know, little plastic dogs, plastic figurines silently forever. Which 
sounds creepy when I say it. <laughs> and when I think about it now, I'm like, <laughs> I was probably like the little demon child in a horror movie. Yeah. But, you know, and and that's something that I I think those games differ from video games greatly. Because if I were a child playing a video game, that's something that my parents could look at and understand what was happening and comment on. Whereas if I'm like, I didn't like to be bothered as a kid. I was alone in the room playing with these plastic dogs silently. Silent. <laughs> wow. That is weird. Yeah. Like I know. you're playing with the figurines, you know, whatever. I get it. But just not yeah. making all them the have dialogue voices was, or interrupt. It was all in my head. All in my head. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, small. Now Fine. you know something about me that makes me sound weird. <laughs> but yeah, so when you're when you're judging types of play, it's it's so contextual and so individual and I think it is really important like for parents to be there if their kids are consuming violent media to be there to contextualize it and talk about what it means and how the child feels after witnessing that piece of media, which is something that should happen, you know, all the time because you can't necessarily control what they're seeing if, mm. I mean, movie trailers. <laughs> you hear all, yeah. the, all the time about the movie trailer accidents where they play the freaking trailer for Saw before Minions or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> for example, like, you have to what talk was, about that. That was the one thing that irritated me. I took Anna to see Inside Out oh, for yeah? the first time. And, like, the like it wasn't the trailers, but there was an ad for the army. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What is this doing <laughs> in front of a kid's movie with the guns and, and like, everything? I'm yeah. like, why is this okay? Yeah, like, like you want to talk about keeping your kids away from violent media. <laughs> no, first time I took her to the movie theater and I'm, like, just petrified yeah. that she had to see a commercial for the army. It was just like, hmm. yeah. <laughs> I was going to correct you on something. Comic oh. books was the 40s. Comic books was the 40s. Not okay, the 30s. my bad. And if you don't know, Captain America was invented because of the war. Yes. He was like the, you know, the patriotic American the guy. Who's gonna, yes, get the Nazis. Exactly. Hmm. All right. Um, so that's yeah. a little sidetrack there. So, <laughs> what I was wondering, Curtis, um, how you look at it for your kids now. What ages are they? They're 9 and 11. 9 and 11. Yeah. So your 11-year-old is kind of approaching the threshold for teen games but do you look at the esrb ratings or how do you kind of you know no i don't really i don't do that much that kind of research mostly because right now he plays one game he just plays minecraft so i don't need to do anything i think i mean i I have a probably what most parents do is have sort of a general idea of things that i'm sort of okay with and then there's kind of a trajectory towards things that i'm less okay with right so sort of you know like if it's very abstract that's better than it being very realistic if you're shooting animals is better than shooting people if Mm-hmm. I guess if you're shooting soldiers, shooting soldiers is better than soldiers, soldiers shooting civilians. Mm-hmm. Shooting zombies is okay, you know. <laughs> I, I don't, because I don't, they have to train for the zombie apocalypse. That's right. That's yes. right. Yeah. Um, so and I mean, so my if rules. It's, if it's more cartoonish or the more cartoonish less realistic. Is, so for looking. me, it's it's very visual. You know, like mm-hmm. the first time I saw, um, I don't even know what it was, but somebody playing something where they were doing headshots and shooting other people. Like very close up, very, very, very graphic, heads exploding stuff. I'm going to yeah. guess that that was Call of Duty. Yeah, it was. It was totally Call of Duty. And I, I had never seen it before and I was really shocked yeah. um, at how realistic it was and how much fun it was for the kids to do it. So I moved yeah. very much into like, whoa, very judgmental. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, it happened that I had just come from doing human rights work in Guatemala for oh, two years. God. So I was very sensitized to this yeah. stuff, yeah, being yeah. like, there's nothing fun and funny about this. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I had a very strong reaction at that point. But, um, so I, don't, I guess I don't, we don't, I don't use any resources right now. For me, I'm more I would look at it and see if it's sort of appropriate and see if it's part of a story that's necessary or is it gratuitous. Right. I mean, in a lot of ways, I look at it kind of like sex and pornography for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's kind of the same argument, right? They're, they're, right both of those things right. are real. I mean, does does you know does pornography cause you to you know rape people? The evidence is probably no. Yeah. Um, I, I would imagine the same thing applies here, but just like you can't say, okay, no sex for kids ever. They're not going to see it ever. No, um, you know, no violence ever. None of the, those are not realistic. Yeah. So for me, it's, yeah. it's more contextual and to try to figure out, like, does it does it make sense? Is it necessary? Is it more or less appropriate? And I guess I just do, like, a um, kind of a gut check by looking at it. Yeah. More right, than right. – because I know, like, like movies. I've seen movies, like, where I'd be happy for my kids to watch an R movie. And then – but then another PG movie I'll find really not appropriate for my kids. Right. Because right. what other people decide 
is different from what I'm going to decide. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and totally. I think even adults are different. Everyone's a little bit different. Like I have no problem stabbing characters in Assassin's Creed, <laughs> but playing. Well, a, wait, wait. You should probably like specify what you mean by problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't have an objection to it, but you might have a. Pro- no, I'm Sorry. talking about. I, I'm talking about um, visceral yeah, right, right. feelings, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So I can go ahead and play an Assassin's Creed game, which is a kind of a mishmash of science fiction and history, and um, so you're playing this character that's in a different time and place, and you have um, swords and things like that. There's some guns, but it's mostly, Mm -hmm. for me, it's swords and stuff. Um, Versus Call of Duty, which is a realistic modern-day military shooter. To me, that I viscerally cannot play yeah, because I get upset. Um, And it's just a very emotional, personal thing for me. And um, But I think all gamers kind of have their own rules about what they like to play and what's okay to play and yeah. what's not. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you and uh, do you ever play those realistic games, Simone? Or? You know, I don't. And I should I feel like I should clarify while I totally believe that there is no causal you know, causal link between violence in real life and violence in games. I do think that as an industry, I I, I do think that games rely on violence as a mechanic too often not because not i don't think it's too often because it's bad but i think it's too often because it it has become the tradition it has become the norm you have a game in that game you fight bad guys and go towards a goal and i think that that does not necessarily always line up with the story that the game is trying to tell people have you know your mileage may vary on this some people play games for mechanics i play games for stories and with a game like bioshock infinite which has a story that is very complicated and tries to deal with all these philosophical themes, it really stands out that you spend, you know, 50, 75% of the game going through and bashing people in the head with your skyhook. It's like, why? They did that because it had to be a first-person shooter game, because it was a Bioshock game, because it had to represent that brand and sell well. But I think people rely on it too much. Um, in to answer your question, Linda, <laughs> how do I feel about violence in games? Uh, for me personally, I you know, I I don't actually. I think the most violent game I play is Assassin's Creed, probably, and like there there are parts of that like, where just like a movie. If I saw someone get stabbed, I'd be like, ugh. It's, it's the same thing in Assassin's Creed. I'm like, ugh. But <laughs> what I think about most is you know why. Why do I enjoy playing this game? And I think for me it comes down to just how how good it feels to master and pull off these maneuvers and also to enjoy that character and that world. And it's, it's funny because I, I think the violence of it is very divorced from, you know, my emotional enjoyment of it. I don't – I don't – feel a connection you know I I don't feel a super super emotional reaction to that violence and I think some people might say that's a bad thing because you know you're you're sectioning that off in the back of your brain and not interpreting it or whatever but I do think that people need outlets like this we need to be able to explore the darker sides of ourselves the more violent sides of ourselves safely in fiction rather than letting that out into the world where people can get hurt by it. Right, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I don't play the military military realistic stuff mm-hmm. either. It's just I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm completely happy to play Bioshock mm-hmm. or Halo mm-hmm. or something that's set yeah, in like interesting. And I enjoyed Bioshock. <laughs> I love Bioshock Infinite, too. Yeah. The, well the original Bioshock is probably yeah. my favorite game oh, yeah, of all definitely. time. Because it was in this world that was just so creative and Nicole is wearing a Bioshock shirt. Right I am. Now. The world Rapture <laughs> was so creative and just like I hadn't yeah. seen anything like it. But it's like you said, like I would have been okay with that not being a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's like, did it really have to be that way? I mean, it, it yeah. sort of is for that story, like you were saying. Yeah. It's important for the story. Yeah. Sometimes I do have the feeling that I'm kind of putting up with the violence for the sake of the story and yeah. for the other game me- mechanics that I yeah. enjoy. But it's the same as I would with a movie, where sometimes I'll fast-forward th- through a violent part of a movie. Uh-huh. 
torture for sure. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I can't stand to watch torture. Um, but I'll want to see what happens. So I'll yeah. just kind of go past it. Yeah. 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 Uh, torture, is, torture is a whole nother thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Uh, in that Supreme Court case, one of them, the justices were talking about games, you know, where you're torturing a, you know, chained up topless woman and I'm like I can't even think of a single game where that happens I know GTA 5 used torture God of War 3 as a God of War 3 well there you go <laughs> your guilty pleasure it's it's, like, it's a very thing rare God of War thing. is that it's so over the top that yeah. you just cannot yeah. take it seriously you know yeah and don't expose it to your kids exactly. or expose your kids to it I guess <laughs> 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 that's that's. I'm, I'm glad you fixed you, that. You pull back the velvet curtain. God of War three. Look upon my children. <laughs> Look upon my three year old lying Yay. on the floor, kicking and screaming <laughs> because she couldn't have candy before dinner. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that would be kind of funny. I wonder how Kratos would respond to that. I'm out. <laughs> He'd probably cry. Didn't his whole family get murdered? <laughs> yeah, they did. Actually, sorry, Kratos. Yeah. Yeah, I was super – back to your kid and your kid's friends who I interacted with the other day. They came into the office to um, watch Curtis playing Minecraft with me and react to it. They watched the video of it. Uh, I to, think it to mock me, I think. To it's mock true. you, yes. Uh, Sebastian brought up Grand Theft Auto uh, as, like, something he wanted to play. And uh-huh. his friend was like, no, man, you don't want to play that. Oh, it's so bad. And I was like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Well, Make no mention of the fact that I would love to play it just because I want to drive around the beautiful open world. But yeah, it's bad. So I, I was I was super proud in that moment of the like the dialogue that they were having between themselves of like why what that game was about. It was really interesting to see. That's great. Yeah, yeah that is great. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto is another one I don't play. I think it's just a realism thing. Yeah, like, I just want to yeah. go to like a different world, a fantasy thing. Yeah, yeah. although with like Mass Effect. And Dragon Age that do stories so well, like, I almost would really just prefer those to just be basically yeah. text adventures with pretty art, you know, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, that they had the story mode in Mass Effect 3 where you don't do any combat. That is ideal to me. Yeah. Like, oh, God, if you can provide that option, please, please do. It's yes. amazing. Yeah. Ugh. There should be more game mechanics that aren't all involved with shooting and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of a crutch Fighting. for the video game industry it at is, this point right. yeah and we're starting to see you know more things that are not using that as a crutch yeah like that video game company does some great stuff with flower mm-hmm. and flow and journey like, where violence is not yeah involved in those at all or really creative puzzles those yeah. are fun yeah yeah uh, do you have you seen that change in the industry as more women get involved a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a direct correlation of that, but um, that game company, which is the studio that I was just talking about, um, was led by a woman. What was her name? Do you remember her name, Simone? I don't remember her name. Uh, I think it was Kelly something. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't forget your name, even though you made awesome games. Um, <laughs> we'll put yeah. it in the notes. Yeah. Um, so so there was a woman at the head of that studio when they were making all these cool games. Um and I don't know. Just the indie game industry, don't you think? Yeah. That as more um, diverse types of people, different kinds of artists and musicians and yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. are able to participate because kind of the distribution system has opened up and more independent games get made just the way more independent music gets made now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's more variety and creativity in, than yeah. there used to be. Yeah, and it's easier for indie people to take risks. Right. Um well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what their personal finances and if they could really take risks. <laughs> it really depends. But it seems it's a much smaller risk than EA betting two million dollars yeah. on a game if they don't know if it's going to yeah. sell because yeah. their stockholders would not be happy about that. Yeah, it's very much like Hollywood. I think they'll just make the sequel, you know, yeah. because they're sh- pretty sure that a lot of people will like it, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and they don't want to take too many risks with the content. Yeah. yeah. Something interesting was going to be said by me. So (laughs) uh, I think it's really interesting that at this moment as a culture, 
okay, I do think that America has a problem with violence. We have a lot of problems culturally, but we perceive ourselves as being more violent than we actually are. Crime crime rates have continuously been going down. And, you know, at the same time is that, you know, some over 70 percent of American households play games. Yeah. So there is clearly there, – there's no link there that yeah. we can see in statistics. Yeah, I mean some countries who actually consume more games than we do have lower rates of violence. Yeah, like the Netherlands. The Netherlands. South yeah. Korea. Yeah. yeah. Which is nuts, but yeah. <laughs> well, in South Korea, I think they mostly play PC games, so it's a different a different game market. Yeah. But I was I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about this great scandal because this family let their children – roam around the neighborhood. They call oh, it yeah, yeah. free-range parenting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know all about the free-range parenting. We've had many discussions about it in my mom's group. Uh-huh. This is like, you know, when we were kids growing yeah. up, like going over to the neighbor's house, just like, hey, mom, I'm going to the neighbor's house. You know, yep. whatever. That's fine. But now, like, if you see a kid, like, walking around their neighborhood, even if they're, like, two houses away from their house, somebody drives by and they're, like, calling CPS. Like, yeah. this kid is, like, all alone by themselves. on the, And it's like, why should that be <laughs> Any different now than it was before. It's, yeah, but but it's I true. Think, like kids yeah. are being, we're like forced to raise our kids in that way now because other people judge us. Yeah, to sometimes very dire consequences. There's a really so, big culture of fear, and I think yeah. it's the same fear that goes into parents who let their kids play video games. Yeah. Like you really, you're letting them do that. Where, you know, I would freaking run around the woods when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, I know. There Me are too. cougars out there. Cougars. <laughs> I fought them off with my bare fists. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I was a child champion MMA fighter. Of course. Of course you were. <laughs> Sorry. I did, I did legitimately run around the woods. I never encountered a cougar um, or a coyote, but I could have. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, there there is definitely, I think, a lot of – and. I, it might maybe it goes in cycles you know we have these these big fears culturally like in the 70s it was cults and now it's video games and media and no yeah. one wants to let their children run around outside despite the fact that crime rates are falling and it's probably safer to run around outside than it has ever been yes and also your kids all have cell phones and you can gps track them <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so, yeah. yeah um so curtis any final questions well sorry a couple of questions one is if you think of the future of um, what's called virtual reality, mm-hmm. and you know these things are getting really some really cool products coming yeah, out, yeah. Right now, what do you think the implication is going to be of violence when it becomes hyper realistic and three D? Is that mm. going to change anything? That's I don't think it question. changes anything scientifically, but I really hope that they do something more interesting than that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. So. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah, that'll be interesting because that. Yeah. I mean, it could it could reach a level of um, realism that could. Be, I don't know. It could be kind of shocking. Yeah, the other question yeah. I had is, is gender. Is, it, is, is wanting to play video games or violent games, is that entirely a boy thing or is it, no. is it split? I think we're socialized to, to think that way. I think – I mean because you – just based on the toys that stereotypically are sold to boys versus stereotypically sold to girls. Yeah, don't get me started. Yeah, I'm that. so sorry that you have to deal with that. <laughs> the pink parade. <laughs> We could but, do it like a two-hour podcast about oh that. God. At least I could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, it it took me as a gamer, I think, a little while to play something other than like the puzzle games and the kind of Mario esque mm-hmm. like light games. Um, it was kind of like an evolution where it was like, okay, yeah, I like these, and I don't have to feel bad about it, kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, but I think you're right. I think. Um, like I think most women who start gaming don't jump in with Halo mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Maybe I'm completely wrong about that. I apologize to anybody who just jumped in with Halo. Um, but I feel like you know there's 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 a progression yeah. that happens there. Well, yeah, I think I think there's a there's two sides to that. There is you don't start you don't jump in with Halo or you do jump in with Halo, but you have to be 
the only girl that plays Halo. You have to, you know, not touch any of the feminine things because those will, you know, right. pollute, you know, your status as being yeah. the girl that plays Halo. And that's a very, I, I think there's a lot of internalized misogyny that can be present there, which yeah. a lot of women, you know, have to confront in their lives later. I, I certainly, like in middle school, I had only guy friends. And, you know, you get in a situation like that where or it wasn't only guy friends. I had a, a circle of guy friends that I hung out with. And, you know, at that age, 13, you think, oh, I'm so cool. I have all these guy friends. Like, this is great. This is the ideal. And I feel like it's only later that we might that we teach girls to value their friendships with other women. This is totally off topic. <laughs> uh, there's another study that they did with babies. Um babies, I think babies crawling and people, no matter, you know, how how unbiased we think we are, people perceived babies that they were told were female as being less strong, as being maybe slower, being more fragile. And, you know, that's, that's something that you, babies are the same. All babies yeah. are the same. But you know, it has nothing to do with gender at that point. So, and gender is a social construct. But anyway, yeah. So I, I think that Maybe perhaps as kids grow up, we might encourage boys to play certain kinds of games or see certain kinds of games as acceptable only for boys because boys, oh boys, they're so, they're violent. You know, that's what they do. They play aggressively. That's ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> but but you guys, don't you think on average, if you just took an average of all the girls and boys, you know, so let's talk about grade school. Mm -hmm. Um I, my experience was that the girls – I had a boy and a girl, and the girls tended to play the Sims-type games a little more often. Mm -hmm. um, but there are just also a ton of games that that both sexes would like to play, like the Minecraft. Like yeah. mm -hmm. boys and girls all yeah. love Minecraft. Yeah, um, Minecraft is the great unifier. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I would also say that boys, for better or worse, in this culture right now – tend to be a little more attracted to kind of the military simulation mm -hmm. type games yeah. than girls are in general. And yeah. Which says like, a lot about America. I wonder, I though, you know, how much of that is the rest of the culture feeding into that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's all of it, though. Yeah. I That's my theory. I think a little bit of it is kind of um, – I think there's a little bit of inborn stuff. What well, you, it's, that whole, you... it's the whole nature-nurture question. I mean, yeah. We've yeah. talked about That's that for a million years. Yeah. I mean, my husband and I struggle. I mean, we really created this zone where our kids could be, you know, if you want to play, we'd have two boys. Mm -hmm. And we were very specific. If you guys want to play with, listen to opera and play with right. tea sets. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then Sebastian, you know, for his birthday, wanted, you know, a, a camo, something. Like that. <laughs> and it's like, where is this coming from? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, so there, there is some some nurture thing going on, uh, and certainly a lot of nature. Mm -hmm, yeah. Did I get that backwards? There's some nature thing going yeah. on that you can't get get around. But but back to the the violence thing, Linda. You asked me a question about what resources did I have, and I, I basically gave you an answer that I don't really know what the resources are. So what resources are there, and what, what should what should parents be looking at? <laughs> yeah. In addition to Pixel Kid. Uh, I mean. ESRB, yeah, obviously, ESRB. and then for movies, the MPAA. I think people forget that that exists. <laughs> I resent the MPAA because it's run by old conservative white men. But, <laughs> yes, it exists. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, common sense media also exists. They're a little more conservative than I am. But, um, you know, actually, IMDb has a great uh, – discussion board for movie content they go there's a, a four parents section on imdb that will discuss any objectionable content in the movie and they they have it i believe for every movie because i was reading about like saw or something and i don't know why saw keeps coming up for me in this podcast i've never watched a saw movie so and yet definitely you read about it on well i have to read synopsises for horror movies because i can never watch them because i would have a heart attack and die. <laughs> okay. But I, I do think most parents are aware of the ESRB ratings on games. Mm -hmm. They're on the game boxes. They're on the, you know, picture of the game when you download the game. Um, but if you do go to the ESRB website, that's really a good uh, resource too because yeah. they have a lot of details about exactly what kind of violence is in each game and um, – and we link to that on Pixelkin all the time. Yeah. Like yeah. Those specific 
um, descriptions for each game. Mm-hmm. And it's really useful. It is, um, yeah. Yeah, I've used it yeah, quite yeah. a bit. All right, Curtis, any final questions? I have lots, but that's, that's enough okay. for now. Yeah. All right, Curtis, <laughs> thanks so much for being here. Thank you. It's been fun. Okay, so now we're going to move into what we're playing. Simone's just grinning at me. I don't know why I'm grinning at you. <laughs> I don't think I've played anything new this week, but I could talk about a board game that I yeah. played. Yeah. So last weekend was the 10th anniversary of Rattle and Hum Day, which is a holiday I've been celebrating since I was in middle school. Right. I saw that picture. Yes. <laughs> we get together and we watch the U2 concert documentary, Rattle and Hum, every year. <laughs> but when we weren't doing that, because it's only like an hour and a half long, we played a game called Betrayal at House on the Hill, which is a wonderful board game based off of every haunted house movie that you've ever seen. Oh, great. It is so much fun. Basically, you have three floors of this house, and as you go through as you go through a doorway, you pull a tile that represents a room on that floor, and you, you know, it's a surprise every time. And eventually a haunt begins and then you figure out which one of the players is the traitor who is trying to bring out the evil in this house and we had a great one where I my character died and I became the zombie lord and I had to use zombies to infect every other player and I in the end won after a very hard fought (laughs) battle against Nora who was playing the you know jock character she was really strong (laughs) <laughs> she was really hard to fight. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely a more complicated game, but great for groups. Um, and it's cooperative all the way through up until, you know, one of you becomes a traitor. So I think that that's really, yeah. really important. You know, one of the things that irritates me about board games is that most of them require three or more players. Yeah. That's true. Which is <laughs> really irritating. It's like only, only pandemic. Two of them. Yeah. Pandemic, I played, Isaac and I played together. It was awesome. Yeah. And then I bought him um, Star Trek Catan at PAX last Ooh. year. And we sat down and played it. It turns out you do not actually need three players <gasps> to play that game. Nice. It worked just fine oh, with good. two. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's really hard to find great two player games. Yeah, it really is. Games, so, hey, board game makers, get on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. I actually didn't play any board games this week, but I played more Viva Pinata, and not just with Anna. I just went and made a <laughs> on my own. Just started all over You're again. You're addicted, Nicole. <laughs> I mean, like, it's funny how quickly I got sucked back into that because I played it, like, almost, I don't want to say obsessively, but I was intent on getting all the achievements the first time I played it through. And so now I find myself still doing this, must get all the animals, must get all of them, must get all of them. And like, it's, uh, yeah, but I'm not looking up how to get the animals. I'm just trying to figure it out for myself. All because right. I honestly, I don't remember. Um, I want to play this. It sounds fun. Yeah, it is, it is fun. It's unbelievably fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been playing a little bit more Alpha Bear. I did last night because I nice. haven't been doing it much. And then been leveling up your yeah. forebear. Actually, no. I was Ooh. paying attention to the score breakdowns at yeah. the end. It turns out forebear has not been actually giving me very much. I guess because I'm spelling longer words than I think I am. <laughs> but like some of the bears with the special letter bonuses yeah. are actually better. A lot better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then obviously I'm playing Hearthstone. Um, they they announced today. I'm not going to get too technical on this. They announced today that there's going to be jousting, which is a new thing that I'm not going to talk about because no one would understand it unless they play Hearthstone. But they also announced that they're going to start giving you rewards based on the highest rank you achieve Ooh. as opposed to the rank you end up at, which is the way things huh. go now. Or actually, you don't give rewards really at all. You get a new card back if you are mm-hmm. le- if you get to level 20. Um, but now apparently there's going to be some rewards if you get like all the way up to like 15 – like I did, but then get knocked all the way down. Which means Isaac can play again. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That was one of his beefs was like, you know, this thing is not about the highest rank you achieve. It's about where you end up. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but Good. but that's, that's basically it. Linda, cool. how about you? I've been doing kind of some of my usual stuff, but I've been getting more into Alpha Bear, like playing it every day. <laughs> um, but it's fun. It is. It's really a fun game. Um, and then my husband was gone over the weekend for a boat trip, so I binged on Assassin's Creed Unity. Nice. Finally got through the um, – <laughs> 
the, the horrible party scene. The infiltrate the palace. Did mission. you do the balloon race or the balloon chase? I haven't gotten oh. through the balloon chase yet because my husband's back, and oh. I feel kind of weird playing that game in front of him. So um. <laughs> it's about to get pretty romantic. Oh, so. <laughs> well, maybe he'll like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, but I also wanted to mention that I went to the um, Dota 2 right. Championships, the international, which is going on this week in Seattle at Key Arena. And it was so cool. I felt so cool going in there, <laughs> this old lady, to watch the Dota 2 <laughs> Championships. Um, but it was really fun. It's yeah. such a big production. And um, it's so popular. And the Key Arena was full of people cheering and carrying on there, there wasn't much cosplay but there was a little bit huh. and um an amazing um loot bag <gasps> what'd you get swag <sighs> lots of swag <laughs> i got like a really cool water bottle and like a card case nice and just all kinds of really cool do they stuff. have those cool. one per person or do you get one every day that you go back no it's one per person ah. they they put a little hole in your uh, in oh, your bag okay. <laughs> to make sure you don't go back too much for more swag bags. yeah um but yeah it was really fun and um i totally recommend yeah. Going to the live stream and watching it, and yeah. it's exciting, yeah. and it's now up to $18 million in prize money. <gasps> nice. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Going back to score swag things, sorry, reminds me of, <laughs> of Trick or Treat, like not last year, but I think the year before. So I actually had this huge box of like these the little Mega Bloks Halo bag things that was like, you know, you didn't know who you were going to get, whatever. And we gave them out at Trick or Treat. Because we have this huge box of them. We're like, oh my maybe gosh! Maybe we should just. Everyone comes to your. House. I know exactly, but the thing is funny is that I was sitting there giving stuff out for half the time, and then I was taking Anna around for the rest of the time. And so there's a little kid that came when I was sitting there, gave him out, and then I saw him trying to be all sneaky and go up when oh. Isaac was giving out the stuff <laughs> to get another. F- I mean, it didn't matter. We just gave him another one, but. But yeah, it was just so hilarious because he was like, like looking around, oh my like, God. seeing if I was still there. You gonna get arrested, kid? <laughs> yeah, I was just <laughs> like, really? You could have just asked for like five of them. We would have given them to you. But. That's one of those. Yeah, so, such a kid yeah. thing. It used yeah. to be Snickers bars, and now it's the oh, Halo, Halo figurines. figurines. Yeah. All right. I would kill for a Snickers right now. <laughs> well, you know it's what? All those violent video games. <laughs> We're pretty much done, so you can go buy one. They have them at the store across the street. <gasps> Yay! They have every candy you can imagine at the store across the street. Um, okay, so thanks for, so much for listening. Um, if you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. You can find us on Twitter at pixelkin underscore org and at gaming with moms. And we are on Facebook, simply just pixelkin. And we are Blog Talk Radio. Gaming with the moms. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with you next week. Thanks. Bye. This podcast was recorded in the studios of the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle, Washington.